Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Love that sound. This is a good one. How was your opener? It was horseshit. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Why? What happened? Well, we had the like the scenario you always hate, right? Like you get you you acquire permission for a field. Everything's going great. I actually went out to go check on it. Just checked the area like the day before. And we were just setting up for like a, a migrator field. Like it was just a really good visibility field. And then there actually happened to be geese that landed in that field. I was like, sweet. So like, How many? My, uh, it was like a, like one flock, like 50. You know? Cool. So like, All right. Well, there's some locals around. Like I'm scouting done. I'm going to head home. Like there's this is we were just going to hope for migs anyways. And if there's some locals around sweet well we get there the next day and of course there's another group there that also has permission oh, problem with x x field problems perfect well it wasn't an x field well, i didn't think it was an x field like when we when we asked for permission there wasn't a goose to be seen like we were just getting a, a, <laughs> like literally there wasn't like the fact that geese were actually using it was just complete stroke of luck <laughs> and uh, a stroke of bad luck in your case. Yeah, and so we didn't think, and, and to make it worse, we really didn't think that there was going to be a multiple permissions issue because when I asked the guy, he's like, well, there's somebody that has permission across the street, but not for that field, so yeah, go ahead. So, I mean, that makes me think like he doesn't, you know, if he gave permission, he's not going to give a multiple permission. But in talking to the two guys that were out there, they talk to the wife and we talk to the husband. So I'm sure they don't get down at night and talk about, Hey, who did you get permission to today? You know, over mashed potates and gravy, you know, you know what I mean? I'm pretty sure that never came up. 
So, so obviously you guys got in a fist fight and then you went and whined to the farmer and then he decided, well, this will never be worth my fucking time again and he'll never give permission to anybody, right? Precisely. That's the proper and thing yeah, to we do? we whipped a bunch of shitties in the field. Yep. Awesome. Did yep. you shoot a cow? Yeah. Well, I mean, we didn't really I – mean, technically we didn't shoot it, but we did We did hit it with the vehicle. Right, we ran good. over a couple calves. So, as long um, as nobody else can for, ever hunt you, there again. Yeah. You want to come over for veal steaks? And I think you did your job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we hunted together. It was all fine and dandy. Um, but, you know, I was salty already, and then I was got bitter about the way he was setting his decoys. And then we find out that they hunted that field the day before. And well, I thought you just said this is opener. Missing it. Well, we hunted Wisconsin. Oh, Saturday, though, Saturday. Yeah, it was Saturday. So even though it was Minnesota opener, we hunted Wisconsin. So, okay, okay. They had hunted that same field the week, the day before, the morning prior, and admitted to missing a bunch. So meaning they burnt a bunch of local flocks, and so that was sweet. I didn't see any uh, migrators on Saturday. Did you? Nope, sure didn't. Because that's what I was still like trying to tell myself. It's like, well, whatever. They burnt some local flocks. It doesn't matter. We weren't originally here to shoot local birds anyways this was a migrated field and then didn't see any yeah i went up to a local prairie on saturday and set out 20 decoys and there's a few geese in that area in fact there's a cornfield that had a, a couple hundred in it and uh some other another prairie that looked just like mine that had like 15 in it and i was like they do feed in prairies. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I felt like you had a chance to, because when I was scouting, there was a field actually just north of my place. We couldn't get access to it, but it was a wheat field, but it had been cut like a month ago. And so all the weeds and everything, and they were already like, you know, well over knee high. And there's birds landing in it, like super tall shit. Like, huh, all right, well, damn. You'd be able to hide really good. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I just wanted to go out and test out the cart and because that was a challenging prairie of like you know how they get like weird dirt mounds and shit out there oh and yeah gopher mounds and hills yeah the gopher mounds and like i brought my sit in deep with that cart and then uh i got it back i was loading it in the truck and i keep these components for it in a in a little plastic grocery bag i see the wires had melted through the grocery bag <gasps> And I was like, wow, this thing's putting out some fucking juice. Wow. <laughs> and then um, as far as migrators go, I did not see any on Saturday morning. I did not hunt Saturday night. Sunday morning, I was with a buddy in Wisconsin out by my mom's cabin, and we started to see the trickle come on. And I'd say we saw um, maybe half a dozen smaller flocks, which could have been which could have been family groups shifting around. And then we saw a flock of like 55 come out of the North and they got all sorts of saucy on us. Huh. Four of them really wanted to do it. And that was exciting. And they fucked off. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we killed a two pack, killed a two pack, both adults. Nice. And just ate those on some goose soup about 20 minutes ago. Oh, they were good. And then, um, See here, so Sunday, Monday, I sat out at my mom's cabin on the shoreline. The fog burned off about nine fifteen. I saw two big groups of real mags and a couple flocks of family groups moving. And then I had heard that it got a little bit better this morning, Tuesday morning. 
So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I feel like we're starting to see each day a small, moderate increase in the amount of bird activity. And I have one buddy who uh, had a fantastic migrator hunt out by Alexandria this morning. Yeah, and I didn't, I mean, we didn't even hunt anymore. Like, we just, we didn't have it. I mean, I scouted more, couldn't find anything decent. And uh, really, I mean, in hindsight, should have just set up. And we had another uh, decent field that had good visibility and there's traffic around it. We really should have just set up there and, you know, hope for the best. But we were still kind of disappointed from how Saturday morning went, so we just decided to do other things instead. But, yeah, and then, you know, open up Snapchat and Joe is just crushing it. Just bands, well, yeah, pretty much bands falling out of the sky, and it's just ridiculous. <laughs> you <laughs> it's know, raining bands. If you wanna, if you wanna, if you wanna try to hunt migrators, don't be crying the X Field Blues when you open up social media. Yeah, you know that's right, and that's pretty much it. It's like we we decide to sleep in, and then I you know grab the phone, look over, and oh, two hours ago, oh, migrators, my oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you can you got being a... lazy. God damn it. Well, uh, yeah, there wasn't. There has not been very much activity of migrators. I think we're just starting to see the very first, the very, very first trickles of the faucet to start to leak. Sure. And I think uh, just looking at the forecast, uh, I I looked a few hours ago and I think, well, it got too windy today, number one. Yeah, it was really windy. It was off by about 11 o'clock. And each day so far, both Sunday, Monday and Tuesday, the migration activity has ceased around 11 to 11.15 a.m. Really around ten fifteen, and then people saw one random clock after that. Well, that was the other and, problem that we ran into. We're looking at the weather forecast, and you know the weatherman blues, but like we're using windy and all these other ones that are generally better. And part of the reason we didn't set up for migrators is because where we were hunting, we looked at the wind forecast, and it didn't really even look that good. For then all su- of a you're talking the about for Sunday when up. it said you said you're looking at Sunday when it said south winds, right? Yeah, yeah. Except for that, it said it didn't say south winds until noon, you know, like yeah. anything, you know, anything that's below five mile an hour on a wind app means none. It means nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So I set up expecting some migrators to move before the south winds started blowing. And I think even when the south winds do start blowing a little bit, there'll still be birds moving south into it <clears throat> just as long as well, so I it think doesn't it get actually, too bright. And I think, hot. Yeah. As long as it's not like super strong. So I think a little bit of south wind could actually help them a little bit, you know, with, aeronautics you're going to get a little bit of lift you know it's going to be a a, a rising wind getting all goose pilot on me over here well kind of i mean i have a theory <laughs> when it comes to the calendar migration for like divers like mid-october the cat that calendar kind of migration and i see every year i see a big push and it could just be coincidence but i i see a lot of birds move in there's like uh it's usually you get a little warm front followed by a cold front and it's like people think they come down with that northwest heavy northwest wind but i've been out on the day where it's been like a five to ten south wind usually it's overcast sky maybe even raining off and on or whatever or light rain and that's when i see a lot of birds moving so my right. theory is that maybe it is only calendar but it seems to be right around that middle part of october that warm front like they're pushing ahead of that cold front because why would they want to try to fly in you know 25 mile an hour northwest winds like that doesn't think, seem to make sense. I think ducks that know where they're going 
will use like a 25 mile an hour wind or small geese too when they're and, but you get a different a different migration strategy with like ducks and smaller geese where they do huge ginormous leaps where you get giant canada geese do more slow staggered with multiple multiple stops on the way you know maybe yeah. a dozen stops over um a migration uh route rather than two yeah and then there's the specs which is like yeah, shoot the, specs the entire from country in one night <laughs> alaska to mexico in in 36 hours or something screw you guys i'm getting and they just like boom. I was watching. I, I was seeing this cool. I was reading this cool article. There's some piping plovers, which are some cute little shorebirds mm-hmm. that are kind of endangered, I guess. And they've got some in Chicago, and they are tracking these things not with GPS transmitters because they're too small for GPS transmitters, but they uh they've got like a community Facebook page that they got these things named and their babies named. Wow. And they, they got the col- they got the colored bands on them to make them identifiable like multiple colored bands and they said oh, god damn it what was what did this article say so it it jumped and left chicago and it flew to its wintering beach in galveston texas in less than god damn it i can't remember now less than like 20 hours or something Jesus, ridiculous like yeah freeway. yeah just one one day one shot galveston texas wow it's crazy when birds do shit like that it's just wild wow. But anyways, I think that we will continue to see our migration trickle get better. It's kind of a good sign, I think, when people north of us are starting to have better success, you know, like Mm -hmm. my buddy in Alexandria. And he said that a lot of flocks were vulnerable. And I had another buddy hunting down by Owatonna today, and they had out a lot of decoys, a, a ridiculous amount of decoys, a lot of great callers. And they said they saw half a dozen flocks. Or whatever, and they and all the flocks just kind of fucked off. Hmm. They actually didn't fuck off. Like didn't give a shit at all. Like didn't get a turn cheap. Yeah, just they're going somewhere. They, they didn't. Yeah, they're just going somewhere. So, you know, I, they had out like eight hundred full bodies. Damn. And like eight power callers. And what also kind of matters and then, where they took off from, right? Maybe they just exactly. hit. Maybe they just took off from. I don't know, Prior Lake. They're like, then then they hit Oatana. They're like, well, we we just started. We're not going to pull over now. <laughs> yeah, and my one buddy who had a very successful migrator hunt today had, he, in his own words, two mediocre callers and 56 floaters. Hmm. And so, I mean, I've had those days too. My best migrator hunt ever is with one good caller, me, the only person calling, and 32 Dave Smith decoys out. And... I think, and, and somebody else sent me a message like, hey, I've got 10 dozen full bodies and, you know, X amount of silhouettes. Is that enough to hunt migrators? Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sure in is. my opinion, in my opinion, I seem to notice like a number that really seems to be, um, I don't know if it's a make or break. I just notice when I use less than this amount of decoys, I feel like I should have used more. And that's around 40. Like if I use less than forty decoys when I migrator hunt, sometimes it seems like I get more of the flocks that'll break down and come down and look like they're gonna do it. But you know how they'll like come down and they'll circle to about a hundred yards high and they fuck off in a random direction. Yeah, right. I think I get more of those when I use forty dec or less than forty decoys. But 
I get plenty of those when I've hunted over 500 decoys, you know, like, yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we've talked about like when it comes to like decoy spreads and, and, and theories, it's like, it's not scientific. Like there's no way to really test this because you can't, you can't say, all right, geese, go back to where you were at. We're going to reset everything. I'm going to put out more decoys or less or whatever, call more or call less. And we're going to see what happens. Like there's no way to repeat the experiment. So you're just, you're left with guessing. Right. And I think, What's going to determine your success more than anything is are the birds that you are seeing migrating actually staging in your area to where they're going to consider coming down to somewhere? And then are you the first person they saw? Right. So how do you know, like, oh, tomorrow we got, you know, a light northeast wind and it's, uh, you know, X, you know, 30 some degrees way up north. And now we know the birds that are coming to the Minneapolis area are coming tomorrow. Like, there's no way you can know that. Right. You just got, you, you just got to go out, go out goose hunting when the conditions look right, and um, set out forty or more decoys and hope for the best. Yeah, I mean, and that's what we should have done, and we didn't. And now so I was kind of thinking, like, I go, and if we decided, because we're taught, we almost went Monday morning, and I, you know, probably should have, but. I actually had a good day of fishing, so it wasn't a total loss. But that sounds like a loss. Th- <laughs> Should have been with your family. <laughs> so I thought about um, does it help that I fished with my family? Anyways, um, went out and I was thinking, well, if we go and we're just we're basically we don't know if we're going to see migrators or not, but we know there's some birds in the air and there's some traffic. Let's just like fucking run the trailer. Let's let's just put a shit ton of fucking decoys out and uh just try to run some traffic see what happens i mean what else we got to lose and then we're just everybody was just so kind of defeated from saturday morning we're like "Eh, eh." (laughs) (laughs) you know the one thing i will say about um the early season migrators and running a fucking shitload of decoys because my number's 40 i obviously don't think we need to put out fucking silhouettes and all this and to kill migrators we don't but here's the thing it's warm it's early season. Lots of your buddies are there. We get to play with our toys again. Exactly. It's just it's just fun to put out that many decoys. Yeah. It's not that much labor. It's and not it really, freezing. Yeah, and especially if you're running silhouettes, it doesn't take anything. I mean, you can put 15 dozen silhouettes out in, like, no time when you got guys that know what they're doing. You know, it's not like one time a, out it's not in, a big deal. One time out in, like, North Dakota, we set out, like, 1,300 decoys for, for a migrator day because, like, three people or four people brought their trailers. And that was fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, just yeah. – it was retarded, but it was fun. So <laughs> I mean, we shot, like, like, 20-some geese, but they're landing all the fuck everywhere in your enormous spread. Right. When that, and that was, I was just going to bring <laughs> that up. So, like, one of the things that irritated me about the spray was, like, the perfect you, you know, and the decoys are behind us and blah, 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 blah. Like, everything, like, I hate. It's like, wouldn't you want decoys out in front of you? But anyways, so – What's your opinion when you're running a giant spread like that? Like, how do, how do you put the decoys so that you're, you're, you know, are you in them? Do you have decoys all around you, behind you? Like, what's your philosophy on that? Probably want to be towards the densest part of the spread, just like, where the geese will probably the geese aim. Are probably going to aim. But, but just as in any other, with any hunt, if you put a goose decoy there, a goose might land there. So right. that's going to create problems. Like, Running a bigger spread is going to always come with 
more inherent risk of geese landing outside of your shooting lanes. But sometimes it's worth taking that risk to have the draw power. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yep. And so, yeah, so, I, and I also think with the big spread, it's a little more confusion going on. Like, they can't single any one thing out. And I think one of the big things that, well, if we had saw birds, which we had one flock that dropped behind us like 100 yards, it had nothing to do with decoys or anything. That's just where they wanted to be. But is like when you're running that relatively small spread like we had, and then you put the decoys behind you, like literally right behind you, right behind our headboards, and then like all the calling is going to come from right here where all the decoys are, it's like you're just putting a spotlight right on you. Like there's nothing to distract them. They're going to look, they're going to see the decoys, they're going to look at decoys, then you're going to start calling to them, and they're going to go, oh, there's sound right there. And it's like you're everything you can possibly do for you to get busted pretty much. <laughs> and flight. <laughs> So, yeah, and there was a, there was a flag involved. <laughs> In case you didn't see us before, here's for we are literally right here. No face um, masks. None, not one. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know that's one of the reasons I was kind of salty. But, um, but when it, with a bigger spread, I feel you can get away with it a little bit better because there's just there's a lot going on. You know. Yeah, you can. There's you can you can get some things going on with your hide. And, I mean, ideally, I'd like to just run one decoy so every goose just please land <laughs> next to this one yeah. decoy, twenty five yards within, straight out in front of you. <laughs> just like Maybe. land within, just land in a ten yard, you know, radius of that decoy. That would be great. Right but on. I need a little bit more draw power than one decoy on most hunts. So you're gonna have to, as you add more decoys, your landing area is going to expand and expand and expand and get more fucky and you're just gonna have to be more careful about the shots you take about minding muzzle blasting your buddies i mean is that a risk you're willing i mean it's not a risk it's going to happen you're gonna have funkier shots with a bigger spread but is that i mean if you go with a smaller spread are you gonna have any shots exactly right yeah and if i'd rather have to be more careful about my shots and maybe even yeah. lose some birds that we couldn't shoot at because they were too far to the left, then just then get no not shots. have any yeah. draw power whatsoever. So, I don't know. That's why I always play. Just I use as few decoys as I possibly think I can be successful with. Sometimes it's five. Sometimes it's 500. Right, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Well, yeah. I don't know. I also thought it would have been fun to take part in teal hunt, which I didn't do. See, people are still bitching about it. Do you see any reports of anybody? Uh, I guess we'd need to read, like, the when the outdoor news comes out, we'll read the CO reports to see if anybody got ticketed for shooting wood ducks. Uh, possibly. And the Minnesota DNR puts out a uh, waterfall update every Wednesday or Thursday. It's on the DNR website in the waterfall hunting page. I read that usually every every week it comes out. Hmm. So you might they, be able to see They have a there. waterfall Wednesday? That's rude. <laughs> yeah, the DNR. <laughs> they're trying to they're trying to counter what we say with actual facts. <laughs> How Fucking dare gover- they? Fucking How government. Dare they? <laughs> uh, that's so rude. But, but I think that we're we, we're going to be gearing up coming into a good weekend here. Um, we got the first trickles coming in. Maybe the faucet will turn on, especially here Wednesday morning. And well, tonight overnight into Wednesday, into Wednesday morning. Wednesday night into Thursday morning, and then it looks like the conditions will get substantially less good after that. So hopefully, it brings in some birds into our playground. We get to meet some new friends. So maybe you know, hang I out on them. Take a few hours off on uh, Thursday morning. Is that what you're telling me? 
I'm kind of thinking about doing that as well. Um, but I still think even tomorrow morning would be good. And I, I think, well, as of my last time looking at the, the forecast, the, the high windy situation will be continuing tomorrow. So there will be, um, I, st- I still think there'll be that early morning lull in the wind where you're still going to get a lot of birds pushing sure. in the morning until the wind and the sun at around, oh, let's call it 1115. Um, kind of subdue all the birds onto loafs and then they will continue migrating an hour after sunset tomorrow morning or tomorrow evening. And then I think Thursday morning you get the, still get the Northwest winds, but they're much, much lighter. So it should at least produce more birds moving and birds moving longer. Well, at least I think think that might get really bad right around, I don't know, four 30 Thursday morning. I know we'll keep our eyes on the weather, but no matter what, I think we're set. We're getting set up into a good early season, and uh, from here on out, we'll be getting fresh birds at every opportunity the birds have to move. And welcome to the hunting season. Yeah, and I won't be hunting this weekend because I have a fishing tournament. So more F, more F words, more <laughs> F words. <laughs> so I'm relying on you, Nick. You gotta, I will be at Prairie Pothole Days this weekend. Maybe I'll try to do a, a migrator hunt out there. Try to set something up, but. I'll be going to Prairie Pothole Days. I got two seminars, and I'll have a Pacific Calls booth set up. I'm going to be doing a seminar on effective goose calling for while you hunt and how to hunt molt migrators. Yeah, cool. Well, let's wrap this up. You want to give uh, our boss a shout? Guess what? I shot two geese so far this year with boss shot shells. Nice. They died. <laughs> and they died. End of advertising. No, yeah, that's a ringing endorsement right there. That's a ringing. I think it worked a little slightly better than steel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, one was at 14 feet and the other one was at 7 feet. It worked good. Yeah, I bet they do pretty much anything. And my gun good. cycle. Yeah, well, that's hey. good. Well, we appreciate Boss for the sport anyways. so We do. Um, and check them out. Screw getting cripples. Pattern your guns. Know what your gun does. It's just good to know. Yeah, that's that's something I do need to do because I think did you say somebody sent me something? It was like um like almost like a ballistics report or something with Boss. Like they had like the the diameter or the thickness or the whatever like the kind of sh- the restriction you should be using with their shot. I just think it, I just There's think it's important. Like just take a couple. Choke tubes and see what they look like at 20, 30, and 40. Just see, like, they don't let you, like, I love the way, try them I love the way that's the problem. It. It's like, I can't go buy a Pattermaster and a Carlson and a whatever and then go to My see gun which one. came with five chokes, bro. My bro, well, my yeah. just gun. Your Benelli. My gun came with five chokes in it, like, in the box with it. So you don't have to go buy chokes when you buy a gun. That's true. <laughs> but you have to use an aftermarket choke, bro. That's just, man, Benelli, Benelli, stock chokes. Benelli cho- stock chokes are fucking good, man. That's you know how I know because I pattern my gun. And then I was like, "Well, <laughs> look at that! I don't have to spend a hundred dollars on a fucking aftermarket." I, yeah, I got all my Vinci chokes. Maybe <laughs> I should just do that. Throw those in there. If you just, I mean, just the price of one piece of paper could save you a hundred dollars and be like, "Look at that! Patterns well." Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> Maybe I don't need that anaconda. <laughs> <laughs> is that what that is that what that fucking pattern master is? Am I, am I butchering their name? Is it something like there's? I don't know. It's stupid. I don't. Know. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I have no idea what you're talking about. 
take that hundred dollars that you save on a pattern master and you know put it towards the nick johnson signature series Pacific there Beast you go <laughs> well done sir nice segue that was beautiful don't forget the goose tech app and the goose tech app available now on play so store you, and you, apple app store when you get that pacific call then you can go on to the goose tech app and learn how to blow it <laughs> yep. And when you decoy your birds and you can shoot them in the face with some Bosch ammo. I think we covered all our sponsors. All right, perfect. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, man. We'll um, get out there and try to sneak out and do some bees. Let me know if you do. Yeah, I do. Uh, we'll do. Take it easy. Later, dude. Bye. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.